Hello, and welcome to the Naked Truth Podcast, the next evolution of the long-running YouTube series of the same name, the show that discusses life and all manner of topics in a very vulnerable state. Welcome, everyone. In this episode, we're going to talk about YouTube, the platform that pretty much launched my entire career and also that I don't want to go anywhere near now. (laughs) But before we jump into that, Okay, okay, saying I don't want to go anywhere near YouTube was a little extreme, but it would probably be more accurate to say, while we used to have a love affair, now we are estranged and merely acquaintances. All right, let's take a trip back in time and revisit The Naked Truth on YouTube. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Naked Truth. Uh, Trish here. Um, thank you to everyone who sent me a Naked Truth vlog on uh, losing friends, your experiences with that and how to deal with that. I got a ton of Naked Truth vlogs again this week. You guys are on fire. Uh, Robert, Chris, Kat, Kim, Cameron, Jacob, Alex, John, Shay, Lawrence, Richard, Sid, Kenny, and Maddie. So thank you guys so much for sending those. It's like the naked army of internet honest people. Um, and I love it. So thank you guys so much. Um, some of my favorite comments from last week were uh, from Dustin Connell, who said, One thing I hate is when you get a good working relationship with someone and then you leave the job and you lose contact with that person. Um, yeah, you can make and lose friends so easily on jobs. Um, in particularly, it makes me think of my theater background and doing shows when you're on tour or just when you're doing a show or working a job with someone, you spend a lot of time with them because of your working environment. And you can become friends because of that. But then when you leave that work environment, um, not only do you have less in common because you're no longer working there, but you're not just spending time together because that's your job. In fact, then you're spending time apart if you're working different jobs and you have to make time for the other person. So that can be really hard. Um, Mega Man Major said... Um, I think something that really helps with losing friends is to go out and enjoy yourself. Do things you like. Read a book, play a video game, do whatever it is that you're into. While it might be hard at first, eventually doing this will really help to distract you. Make new friends. Hang out with old ones. Your life isn't over because you lost this friend. You're still your own person and have your own preferences. Now go enjoy yourself. Um, I could not have said it better myself, so I wanted to repeat that for the rest of you who may not have seen that comment. Um, So this week I wanted to do a Naked Truth in response to a lot of questions that I get. Um, A lot of people ask me what it's like to work on YouTube um, and how that's changed my life and changed my experience of things. Um, And so some of the people that suggested this topic, um, Bobby Derek Hahn said, you should talk about how things have changed for you since you've joined SourceFed. Talk about what SourceFed and the online community means to you. Bradley XD Lubacannon said, My question I wanted to ask was how much your life has changed from before and now being a part of YouTube. Um, let's, and I guess before I read any of the other questions, just to, sh- just to talk a little bit about that, how much my life has changed and uh, what the community means to me. My life has changed in that um, I have to really think now about... Um, not necessarily how I behave out in public, like I was like this wild person before, but um, it's a lot different when you can realize that like people are watching you that you didn't know. Um, and yes, people watch you all the time online. SourceFed's great because we're filming so much and we put out so much content. 
Um, and so it really gives us a chance to connect with people and that's awesome. Uh, but the downside of that is your whole life is on display, which I had never really experienced um, before SourceFed. I, it, yes, I was acting, but it was all theater or voiceover or, you know, in ways that your personal life was still very private. Um, which leads me into uh, Shania Ahrensberger said uh, suggestions of what to talk about, what to share and what not on YouTube, what's public versus private. Um, and Billy Canizales says, here's a question. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by working at SourceFed or being a celebrity, at least in the YouTube community? Um, and I never have and still absolutely don't consider myself a celebrity. Um, I consider myself having a lot of online friends. Um, and so when I meet someone out in public that maybe I've met online or, you know, responded to a comment or has seen me in the video, um, it's really nice to meet people face to face. So I don't often feel overwhelmed by that. The only time I guess I really ever felt overwhelmed was at VidCon. Um, and it wasn't overwhelmed in a bad way. The only thing that was weird about it is um, me and the other ladies of SourceFed had a bodyguard assigned to us. I mean, because we're all tiny and like, you know, in crowds like that, we really can't find where we're going. And we had a lot of stuff we were supposed to be doing. So that was a little weird, having a bodyguard for the first time in my life. Um, but never overwhelmed by the people who watch our videos. Because we see numbers at the bottom of videos. But, you know, it's hard when you see like oh, this video got 50,000 views, to actually think about what 50,000 people looks like. So every person that I meet when I'm out and about is awesome. It's giving me a chance to put a face with that viewer. Um, and it makes it really just feel like I have a lot more friends. You know, that's, that's what YouTube's done for me, is it's given me the connectivity to a lot more people. And, you know, with the good of that also comes some bad. You get the people who want to criticize everything you do. And it's hard because a lot of you, you know, has that defensive reaction like I'll feel like you don't know me um but then the people that you know I want to talk about you know we have common interests or you know if someone wants to talk gaming with me I, you know just because that's positive I don't say you don't know me but really that's the same thing so you just really have to think about what you're putting out there and uh you know you you, you do have to take with a grain of salt how it might be perceived I know it, it's you know, on one hand, you want to think, I don't care what people think about me. And in some ways, I really don't. And uh, working at SourceFed and working on YouTube has really helped me with that, like helped me to feel confident in being who I am. Um, but at the same time, you do have to think about, like for me, it's all the time when I go out with no makeup on just like this. Um, and I'm like at the grocery store and I'm so tired and I haven't had my coffee yet. And there's like dark rings under my eyes and I just go to the grocery store to buy some eggs. And someone will be like, oh my god, you're Trisha from SourceFed, I absolutely love that show. And I'm always like, oh, of course, right now. Okay, let's take a picture. Um, which is part of why I started doing the naked vlogging. So that I was like, you know what, then that's fine. Everyone's seen me with no makeup anyway. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, and as far as in response to the public versus private, that's been a really hard one for me. I know I talked a little bit about it in my Naked Truth on Love, you know, like not wanting to share my romantic relationships really. And I mean, inevitably by the fact that this is my personal channel and I'm being ultimately honest with these vlogs, the people who watch my personal channel and the Naked Truth series are going to get a bigger glimpse into my personal life. They just are. You're spending more time with me and like you spend more time with your friends um, you know, that aren't your friends just via online. The more time you spend with someone, the more you get to know them. So um, you guys inevitably will get to know me better. Um, so, I, you know, I choose what I share in different places. Um, and I explained a little bit about it 
on the Naked Truth on Love, but um, one of the bigger things about it has really just come to light recently for me. Um, anytime it, it, for me, sharing my personal life is um, not so much to protect me. It's really not about that. It's a little bit about that that I explained in the Naked Truth on Love, but mostly for me, it's protecting those around me. Like, I'm the one that has a career in, in YouTube and decided to do that with my life. I understand that that means there will be positive positivity and negativity thrown my way, and that's something that I deal with as part of be working in YouTube. Um, but the people who are around me, my parents, my sister, um, my friends, anyone that I date, they don't deserve to have that, um, that criticism, you know, either way, the criticism or the praise. They, they never asked for that. So a lot of me feels very kind of protective mama bear. Um, like there's been a couple of vlogs where I show my sister, um, where I'll tweet out pictures of me and my sister together. And a lot of me feels like, oh, I hope, like if anyone says anything bad about my sister, I'm going to jump through the computer and just have to kill somebody. Um, and so that's why I keep a lot of it personal. And I know that a lot of my coworkers kind of feel that same way about their family. Um, and just, you know, keeping it private just to, to protect everybody. Um, and I know that you, I, I'm a very tiny one person. I can't single-handedly protect everyone, but, um, but I definitely feel that way sometimes. So that's kind of how YouTube has affected my opinion of, uh, of the world and my life and how I interact with people both online and, uh, and, you know, face to face. Um, so I guess my question for you guys is how do you feel about YouTubers sharing everything about their personal lives? I see some people comment that like, oh, this person tells me too much about their personal lives, so I unsubscribed. And then other people want to get to know people as best they can. Do you think that there's a good medium ground? Do you think that, you know, would you rather YouTubers be completely open about everything and anything? Um, or would you rather it be kind of like a put together package that they're putting out in the world and you're kind of seeing the stone after it's already been polished? What do you guys prefer? I'm genuinely curious, so please let me know. Um, and that's it. Don't forget to send in your uh, your own naked vlogs if you have anything to say on this. Those of you who uh, make videos on your own channels, if you have people watch them and you have experience feeling like you know, maybe you don't want to share too much, let me know about it because it's nice to have other people to, um, you know, not commiserate with, but other people to, to sympathize and to kind of discuss these things with. Let me know about that. And even if you don't have your own personal channel, let me know what you expect out of people you watch on YouTube because um, it would be very enlightening for me. And uh, please continue to send in your vlog topics so I know what to vlog about from week to week. And, um, yeah, that's it. I hope everybody has a fantastic week and um my hair has been like drying as we as we're filming this if you go back to the beginning of this vlog it's probably wet and now it's dry um because i just got out of the shower and it's very dry here in california all right i love you all and i will see you next week bye So in the original Naked Truth on YouTube, I was talking about how life had changed from pre-YouTube Trisha Hirschberger to YouTube life Trisha Hirschberger. And I think now it might be fun in this updated version to talk about how YouTube early life circa 2011-2012 has changed to what the digital scene looks like now. Now, I don't think as many people say YouTuber 
as they do content creator. And that goes for people who are actively working in it. I do still think there's the next generation up and coming that wants to be a quote unquote YouTuber. Um, But let me just tell you, when I first started out on YouTube, yes, certainly, uh, definitely because I had my handheld by Philip DeFranco, who was very established as a YouTube artist. But at that time, there was much less competition on YouTube and it was much more realistic to make a living on YouTube for the amount of views that my channel brings in now in 2021. I would have easily brought in 10 times as much money as I do now and that's just the way that YouTube has moved. So now it's much more a um, viewer funded model if you want to make a living on YouTube, than it was before. So before, there was really this idea of, I'm going to make cool stuff, and I'm going to put it out there. And if a lot of people watch it, then this could be my job. Um, it wasn't this idea of, what type of incentives can I use to ask my viewers to fund what I'm creating, or anything like that. So it's just, it's a completely different world then. Um, and YouTube, from that time till now, became a lot more like traditional media in some ways. So it wasn't kind of this fun grassroots movement. It wasn't this big company being supportive of the small creators. It completely changed. Um, a good example of that is there's the... Um, digital new fronts that takes place, the digital upfronts that takes place once a year. And Google used to say, like, these are some of our top creators and show a sizzle reel with some of the top YouTubers. And there was a moment probably around 2015 where the here's some of our top creators was Jimmy Kimmel and SNL and some of the and Lady Gaga and One Direction. And it was no longer about the you know person who was making vlogs from their van life channel um it was much more about look we're traditional media we we want to play in the big media leagues um yay google uh and it it very much their priorities changed and as a creator you could feel it a hundred percent um also the viewer priorities changed i feel like viewers on youtube started expecting perfect production value Um, Everybody wanted picture perfect visuals, audio, and expected no less. And if you had any less, every comment it seemed on said video was about how you needed to up your production value. Now granted, keep in mind, this is all for free content. No one is paying for this, yet yet suddenly you're being expected to have the utmost in production quality, um, which is very expensive if you're not getting paid for any of that time. And suddenly you were up against major brands that had that beautiful production quality. Every major brand seemed to then have a digital arm to it and they had all of the TV production experience and studios and were making things at at that production value and because everything on YouTube was free to view, of course, your free to view uh, small creator channel is viewed by many the same or with the same expectations, I should say, as some of the major channels. So that shifted. Um, suddenly you had to worry about um, copyright and licensing. And I'm not in any way trying to say that stealing other people's work is okay. It's 100% not. But before, you could say play Just Dance and be silly with your friends and not monetize the video and it wouldn't be a big deal at all. And once Google and YouTube became a major platform, then all of a sudden everybody wanted a piece of their pie. 
and you were now again looked at like a major network that you'd have to obtain licensing and rights to do anything like that and it was much more intense. Again, I'm looking at it from the perspective of a smaller creator. There were constant platform changes that happened over the years without being the best at notifying creators, sometimes not notifying creators at all about the changes. So um, as a creator, you might see your engagement or views or channel just completely drop off and not know why and um, or start getting copyright dings and not know why. And um, now YouTube does try to have a creator camp channel where you can go and watch videos where they try to update you on that stuff. And there's newsletters, I believe. So it's getting a little bit better. But for a while there, you were in no man's land as a YouTube creator. And even, um, talk about not being creator friendly, even a couple years ago, and some of you listening may remember this, YouTube tried to take away uh, verification from partnered channels that have been around for a while. And they sent every partner an email saying, based on our new requirements, you no longer qualify for verification. And so, and and everyone was like, okay, well, what are the new requirements? And so everybody freaked out on social media. And um, once it was released what the new requirements are, then you had a lot of channels that said, you know, I meet those requirements. Why are you taking my checkmark away? And uh, YouTube was very poor, of course, at how they responded to that. And eventually they just said, we're so sorry. We do actually value the content you've been making on our platform for years that built our platform up to what it is today. And uh, you can still stay verified, I guess. Um, So that was a huge facepalm moment as well Um, and just overall over the years I really felt like YouTube stopped caring about the creators and started caring about trying to win an Academy Award or whatever their current um, value is they wanted to play with the big kids and if that meant screwing over the people who had built the platform to get there then that's what they were all about so now I do believe they're trying as I mentioned YouTube now has creator camp as a class and they have newsletters and stuff like that there's still not a way for most creators to contact anyone at YouTube. So if your channel gets compromised in some way, there's no physical person you can reach out to, which is really frustrating if that's your entire livelihood. I can't even imagine the stress that that would induce. Um, And, you know, now they're trying to take some viewer-funded models of monetization like Super Chats, uh, which is a way to donate in live chat, or channel memberships, which is essentially YouTube's version of uh, Patreon or a Twitch subscription, and saying to creators, you know, you can monetize that way and we'll help you sell merch. And, you know, while all of that is very beneficial and can help people monetize their content, it's gone from a, um, instead of, ad revenue funding what you're making it's much more so uh, build your community and then ask your community to fund what you're making which is a very different mindset so I think when you if you're someone who wants to go into YouTube content creation going into it from that mindset of I need to build a dedicated community and then my dedicated community if they want to see more of my content will help fund that content it's a very different mindset than the mindset that me and a lot of other creators went into it back in the day um, thinking, you know, if I make some cool stuff and people watch it, that can be my job. Um, it, it felt a little more like you were getting paid by a big company instead of asking your viewers for money. And, and not again, not that there's anything wrong with crowdfunding your artistic projects. And lots of artistic projects have done that successfully. It's just a big mental shift. And it's one that I never really 
was 100% okay with making on that platform because it felt so foreign to me in that way. Um, So I've always recommended to people now, if you want to be a content creator to diversify on different platforms, really be a content creator, create on a variety of different platforms. And that way, if one of the platforms has the rug pulled out from under you or has an algorithm shift or whatever it may be, you have other ways to still earn a living and create your art on other platforms. Um, Plus, I mean, it's very hard to make your soul living off of YouTube now for all the reasons I just mentioned. So the more you can diversify, the better. As far as the conversation about online community changes, um, like, I mean, that my, my online community has grown so much and in so many different ways since the SourceFed days, which I'm so very grateful for. And a lot of that community has grown up with me. I mean, when you think about the fact that I first started on in SourceFed in 2012, so almost 10 years ago now. Um, some people that listen to this have been watching all the way since then. Um, and and even the people who I think have followed me in the recent years since then um, are still a little bit more worldly, I will say. Um, they live in different places, have traveled, have experienced more. Um, a lot of SourceFed's audience was high schoolers. And middle schoolers looking to learn about the current events of the day. And now I feel like the community that I have is is pretty settled into young adult life, at least, or post-school life, if you will. And because so many of these people have grown with me or are at a similar phase of life to the phase of life that I'm in now, I definitely feel more like my community is my group of online friends now than I even did then. I know I said that um, back in that vlog so many years ago and I I wasn't lying when I said that but I would say now it's more like you know my close group of IRL friends as opposed to my larger group of acquaintances if that makes sense I feel like my community now is more accepting more open less critical less judgmental and um I do think that that shift happened as I started doing more live content and less pre-produced content. People are less likely to be as critical, I find at least, when you're live and they know that you're interacting with chat. If if they're seeing content you've produced before and then being able to pour judgment on it in a comment section, I think that there's a disconnect there where a lot of people think, oh, they'll never see this. Or they don't even think about it at all. There's just that disconnect there. And the Naked Truth series, that vlog series, I intentionally put on my YouTube channel as a more real and more personal way to connect with people, which is, you know, how it's kind of evolved into the point that it is today. And having that unedited Naked Truth vlogs up, now being live as many hours a week as I'm live is, you know, that even more so. Um, I know I talked in this previous vlog about meeting online community members when I'm out and about and away from the keyboard. And um, that's still really funny when I meet people that only know me for my content, but, you know, recognize me when I'm out. And I will say that happens much less now (laughs) than it did back on the SourceFed days when people were, you know, consuming three to five videos a day of SourceFed content five to seven days a week. Um, So, of course, you're very fresh in people's minds then. I get it a lot less now. Um, But when I do, it's still very, very funny um, to me. And it's nice. You know, it's nice to meet an online community member, but in real life. And I still 
always have a hard time finding the balance between letting too much of my personal life out online. I know I talked about that in the vlog too, but finding that balance between oversharing and keeping things private for my family's sake. Um, in this vlog, I mentioned wanting to jump through the screen and, and like hurt someone if they said something mean about my little sister. And I mean, now it's that, but even more so with my child. So I, it, it's something where, you know, I, I feel so comfortable with my online community that I want to be very open about everything. But at the same time, there are definitely times when I think, oh, this might be an overshare. And for the privacy of the loved ones around me, I might want to pull that back a little bit. So it's it's that fine line. And I think that line is different for every creator, however they choose to figure that out. But all of that to say that yes, YouTube in particular has changed over the years. The digital content creation scene in general has changed over the years. We saw Vine come and go. We saw Mixer come and go. And, you know, Musical.ly, which is now TikTok and Justin TV, which is now Twitch. It's it's all ever changing and really fun to keep up with, I think. But in in those changes, inevitably, there will be things that work for certain creators and don't work as well for certain creators. So YouTube is one that I have fallen out of love with for sure. Um, so that's that. If you want to be a part of the podcast moving forward, Anchor does let you send in audio messages that are then sent to me, which is really fun. And if you want to do that, you can do that on anchor.fm slash Trisha hyphen Hirschberger. The next few episodes will be on life after college and video games. So if you have any thoughts or any questions about either of those topics, feel free to send those in and you just might hear your voice on a future podcast episode. I want to give a huge thank you and shout out to the official supporters of the Naked Truth podcast. You can support through Anchor. And to all of those who are listening to this and sharing this with friends and supporting in that way, I appreciate you so much. And uh, it's, it's nice to have this little group that we hang out with. So final thoughts on YouTube. With the growth of any social media platform comes the move from a grassroots movement and ultimate free creativity to corporate regulation and infiltration and the need to maximize sales and financial growth. I still think that YouTube is a great free media hosting tool, but for me at least, the changes over the years have made me want to focus my efforts a little bit elsewhere. So I am still creating for YouTube, but it is most definitely not the primary platform that it was for me back in the day when I originally recorded The Naked Truth on YouTube. This has been The Naked Truth Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>